but like I really do think that you did find your niche. I did find my niche, and I still rollerblade, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I just need to find my cat. She's too. the rollerblading vegan. Yeah, and I'm just like singing from consultant. the rooftops about how we need to reconnect with nature. <laughs> yeah. Friends by accident. Podcast hosts on purpose. This is what you get when two Canadian women who come from completely different backgrounds serendipitously meet in a Brooklyn apartment. This is Accidental Friends with Aline Degan and Kristen Mandela. We at Accidental Friends stand with the First Nations and Indigenous people of Canada. Every child matters. This episode, we're talking about our career paths. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> whoop, whoop. And how What's that? much <laughs> they've changed over time and evolved. Uh, we both had evolved. Evolved. <laughs> I know. What do we even do? We both had really um, non-traditional jobs. We've had, and we continue to have. I guess I would say, and like that yes. definitely didn't come from knowing what we wanted when we were younger. So we thought we'd have totally. a conversation about it because that's what we do at Accidental Friends. <laughs> <laughs> Just talk about shit. <laughs> All right, Kristen. What did yeah. you want to be when you grew up? You know what's so funny is that <laughs> I used to like I hate I hated this question because really? it stressed the shit out of me. Yeah, because I think even when I was super young, I was like, man, I don't know, <laughs> like I have no idea. But I recently found a home video. I got it transferred from like VHS to digital, and yeah. I like made a little like home like I re-edited it for my mom for Christmas a few years ago, and. I said in the thing, like my aunt asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I'm on rollerblades and I'm wearing this cat <laughs> t-shirt that has like 40 cats on it. Of course And you I'm are. like, I think I wanted to be, I want to be a veterinarian or a singer or a singing veterinarian. <gasps> and I was like, okay, literally, who is she? And I'm like going up and down on my little rollerblades. Let's with like talk my, about a niche. My wrist. I know. <laughs> so niche. I had like my little wrist guards and my knee pads and everything on. And I just was wearing a big cat shirt. And... I think if that demonstrates anything is that one, I'm very strange and two, <laughs> that I obviously always cared very deeply for animals. I was yeah. always that like weird person. I like literally, no joke, you're not even going to believe this, how, how wide of a story this is. I threw a birthday party for my hamster. <laughs> like what? we went, we went skating. Okay. What does that was, My hamster wasn't even, my, it was just a birthday party. My hamster wasn't even invited to the skating rink we all all of my friends i had like eight friends over we went to a skating rink we had a literal cake and party goods and a goodie bag and everything we sang happy birthday and the hamster cage was in the middle of the table oh my god okay (laughs) i literally just remembered that just now how absolutely hilarious is that you're so much weirder than i thought (laughs) <laughs> you have no idea. You literally have no fucking idea. And so I've always been like that animal yeah. girl. Not a horse girl. Not a horse girl. Okay. Cool. An animal let's, girl. Let's Those are very different up. things. Yeah. We have to clear the air here, okay? Yeah. Um, but otherwise, other than that that very brief glimpse into that strange question in a family video, I've like literally never had an answer for that question. Like I've had I have like a very close friend, obviously, Hope, who like always knew she wanted to be in medicine. Mm. She either wanted to be a pediatric doctor and then she ended up becoming an incredible nurse working at SickKids, all this amazing stuff. And I'm like, but a lot of my friends kind of had an idea from a young age that they wanted to do something, even like the realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've never had Wow, that's so interesting. You've never even known like what industry you wanted to be in. 
No, especially not like when I was younger. No, maybe in university, but even Mm -hmm. then, it took me a really long time to figure out like what I wanted to major in, and even then, I transferred universities and changed majors. So, like, it really never. And I've honestly many a night been very upset about this fact that it's never seemed like a linear process to me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's never been like, yeah, I want to be this. I'm gonna train to be this, and then I'm gonna be that. Yeah, it's never been like that for me. Yeah. How about for you? I mean, same. I think. I think I always wanted to be a performer, but like I have this like really distinct memory of me dancing around and I don't, I honestly don't know if this has been like relayed back to me or if it's something right, that I taken actually on a memory remember. of its own. Okay. But apparently I was like dancing around when I was like four or five, five probably because that's when I started to dance and my neighbor's cousin or like family member or something owned okay. a dance studio. So they were like, oh my gosh, you need to put your little girl in dance. Um, but I like, didn't think that would be a career. And then this is when things changed. I saw raise your voice with Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff changed a lot of lives in the Hillary Duff changed a lot of lives. And I had just switched from like strictly a dance class to a Sunday class in like musical theater. And I was like, okay, I want to do that because then it became clear that, okay, this is a career path. There was like a lot of like actors and dancers and singers who had performed on stages that were teaching these classes. So cool. I was like, I just like know I want to be on a stage. I want to perform on a stage. And it was kind of a little bit solidified throughout high school because I was so busy in theater and like also obviously high school. So I'd be in like two to three shows every year at least. Mm-hmm. And I'd obviously have my classes and stuff, but I would literally, I just remember being in a theater, like doing homework during rehearsal. And I was like, this is the best life ever. I was just so freaking excited to be there. And I was like, I, I could do this. Like I could so easily do this. I feel like I like barely had a social life. And I was like, I am so, I'm just like the happiest little camper. Cause I'm like, Ugh, this is the that. best. I'm like have, spending all my time. And if I can make money doing this, that's even better. That's that's bonus Jonas, baby. Bonus Jonas. So okay, like, so what did you – yeah, so wait, what did you study then? <laughs> so I studied finance in French. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Actually, I forgot that you studied finance, you weirdo. I know. Okay, so I wanted to go to post-secondary school. I wanted to go to a post-secondary like theater program. But okay. um, coming from ethnic parents, they said, that's really cute, but no. Um, they but, were like, we've been we've been patient up until now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really cute, but no. But also, I have to say that I loved math and finance and accounting, and I Get did this really girl a well. Spreadsheet, no joke. Oh my god, Aline. Oh, ten out of ten loves this. Lo- like, loves a good spreadsheet. Talk dirty to me okay like I, I literally open Excel and I get anxiety. <laughs> oh my god, if I can find like I an Excel fragile. shortcut, it's anyway. I could go off, but. I really, really loved <laughs> your, it. So my mom was like, why don't you guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have actually like, um, I wish I could find it, but I have like this massive pamphlet that my mom gave me of like all Excel shortcuts and it's the wow. best thing ever. But I was such a numbers person. And so my mom was like, why don't you just go do that? It's a great like backup because like a business right. degree. It's a good foundation Yeah, to have. you're never going to go wrong. And so she said, and her words, get your degree and then you can do whatever the hell you want. So. I went to bingo bango. Watch yeah, me. I went to my first year in Ryerson. Hated it, and I was like, you know what? If I'm gonna do, um, if I'm gonna do university, and I'm gonna do this finance thing, 
I'm not going to half-ass it. Like I went to Ryerson because I was like, maybe I can still audition and do my finance degree. And then, right, like stay in the city. Yeah. And, but mm-hmm. I was just like, I felt like I was like half-assing everything. So I was like, don't half-ass anything. Use your whole ass. So I was like, I'm transferring to Western because I was okay. like, if I'm going to do university, I'm going to do university right. And I was like, I'm going to go away for school. I'm going to go to a party school. And so I transferred in my second year. And then funny enough, in my third and my grades shot up in my second year of school you would think that they would go down because I transferred but like literally my grades started like skyrocketing I was like I didn't realize I was this smart so to the point that I like (laughs) applied wow I was like I'm really (laughs) good at math um to the point that I applied to the business school I was like I think I can get in now but my first year grades were so crappy that I couldn't like it just wouldn't work your average was a bit lower my average was a bit lower but then in my third year I found the theater club at Western and then that changed my whole trajectory and I was like oh okay I'm gonna be an actor after school so like my and I'm gonna really know how to balance my books (laughs) yes so like I know how to make money off of it yeah so I feel like to say like what do I do now I honestly that you know what question stresses me out that question when people are like what Mm -hmm. do you do and I'm like uh I guess I just call myself a freelancer. Like I'm a freelance Smart. and I these days I'm like I'm a freelance creative. Like I'm a I'm freelance content. Wink wink. Yeah, wink wink. <laughs> God, I wish I was making accountant type money, but um I I like work in social media. I yeah. am a blog writer, I'm a podcast host. Like I just I think that's yeah. kind of what I do. Freelance. I like that. I'm a freelancer. That's the best way I can describe it because I don't think I'll stop being an actor. No. And being Going from like my school to being an actor, I guess a server and an actor, and Mm -hmm. then having that finance background, I met so many people that were like, oh my gosh, like you should be in management. Like you should be in arts management. So I got into producing and I was like, this is a nice way of merging my two worlds because I do really love all that like math and black and white stuff, but I just need an outlet to be creative and I can't, I guess I can't like picture myself sitting at a nine to five Behind. desk. Yeah. Like I just can't do it. That'll that'll drive me insane. Totally. Um so and having like a finance degree in the arts is literally an anomaly. So I get I get pushed that all the time. We're all about niches. We're babes. we're a huge niche. Yeah. It really stresses me out when people say, like, what do you do? I'm like, uh, I don't know. What I do honestly you do? try now to avoid asking people that question because yes. I don't like evaluating people based on what they yeah. do. Because I think like people are so much more than what their job is. And mm-hmm. I think it's kind of a weird way of like seeing on like the food chain where people lie in social situations. Like when you ask somebody like, oh, what do you do? You're kind of almost evaluating like, okay, is this person like more or less successful than me? Yes. Like, should I be jealous of them? Like, should they be jealous? You know what I mean? Like it's That's a weird exactly like, social That's exactly why people ask thing. that question. 100%. Well, I, I read a study, but I think I talked to you about it, but yeah. I was just like, it literally, that was the social science purpose of asking that question. And I don't like that. So <laughs> I try my best to avoid it. And like, I'm trying now. I mean, like, I don't really meet that many new people these days. <laughs> but if I do, I try to ask like what you care about yes. instead as like yeah. a, as an opener being like, cool, like what, what, what do you care about? Like mm-hmm. what, you know what I mean? Instead of being like, what do you do? Because I, I really, A, I know a lot of people that have jobs that they hate. Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that that would be a good real indicator of who they were as a person. And I think it's a more interesting question. Yeah. And I even find- And like, I also know how people, stressful it makes people. <laughs> oh my God, so stressed. Yeah. But I even find that like when people offer up what they do or like 
it's oh, like it's dropped in. It's totally a flex. So totally. my question back to them is always, and I think we talked about this, is are you we happy? Did. I'll ask, are you, are you happy? happy? And that really throws them off because like, They'll be like, well, yeah, I make good money and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, are you happy going into work every day? Are you happy with your every day? And then that'll just bring And then they start crying in your shoulder. (laughs) a couple notches. And I'm like, get the fuck off my shoulder. Yeah. (laughs) And like, bring you back down to life, bitch. (laughs) Bitch. So what do you do? What did you study? What do I do? (laughs) Stressful. so I did the same thing as you. I went to a different university for first year and then transferred my first year. I like think I did like communications or something like that, but it wasn't Whoa. like what I cared about. It was yeah. more like on my mom's request. Like she was just like, you would be really good at this because um, I like talking or whatever. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't something that I was interested in. And also in first year, you didn't really have that many uh, required courses that you had to take yeah. for a communications degree at for, in first year so I was like okay sure I'll do that and then I'll figure it out in second year and then I ended up transferring universities I went to Dalhousie in the uh in the Maritimes in the east coast of Canada and I took international development studies and that was something that mm-hmm. I really I really enjoyed the degree I think looking back like most things I would be like a little bit more critical it's hard when it's like a social science degree because yeah. you there's a lot of things now especially that we're learning about like colonialism in higher education and stuff like that Mm -hmm. like I took a lot of African history courses and after African politics courses that were only taught by white people and like white guys that all were not a from Africa and I think b probably had a pretty interesting connection (laughs) to to the areas that they knew so well and but besides that like my my less critical brain at the time really did enjoy the courses mm-hmm. that I took it was kind of one of those things that like it played on a lot of things that I cared about because I, I am a pretty empathetic and compassionate person I again went to Kenya when I was young and saw po- like real poverty like disenfranchisement yeah. and under underfunding communities for the first time and that was really impactful for me and I just I didn't really understand at that point how anybody could care about anything else like it was so um, did you do you think that like that ever pushed you to like that kind of guided your career path too? Oh, 100%. Yeah, like if I didn't go to Kenya at that age, I don't think I would have gone into international development studies because it really just opened my eyes into how urgent a lot of these human rights crises are and just like how much there is to do. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's so – it's such an intersectional issue. Like there's so many things and, and it isn't like, okay, so if you care about water, you can go into the water crisis. If you care about human rights, you can go into that. If you care about healthcare, you can go into that, but it all under the kind of umbrella of international, like in, in, in development. But I think it was great. And it also was like a little bit limited, but again, like I really enjoyed it. But I think eventually I realized that my true passion was like in sustainability and like understanding the climate crisis. And I learned that through my work at like learning international development and sustainability because I took a few sustainability courses while I was at Dalhousie too. That's so cool. Um, But I feel like I didn't, it was weird because like I always cared the most about the environmental issues, but I didn't feel like I had a right to talk about it because at the time it was kind of gatekept by like science majors. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like it was really a science issue and I remember talking to my parents at one point, I think it was my dad, and he was just like, I don't know if you're going to be able to like break into an industry yeah. if you don't have like a master's in in climate science, you yes. know what I mean? Like nobody's going to listen to you. And I was like, damn, like I think you're probably right, you know what I mean? Because yeah. I at the point, I didn't really know. There was no Greta Thunbergs and, and, 
and young people that were like, I don't need an education to participate in the climate movement. It was more, I don't know, it felt a little bit more fractured at the time. So then how did you do it? I just started. <laughs> nice. I mean, I think I think I just got over the fact that like eventually I realized how um like how difficult it was. A like a science has never been my thing. I've always been I I love English, I love writing. Yeah. Um I love history. I've never been one for num for num mm-hmm. See, I can't even talk about numbers. My voice literally gives <laughs> <laughs> It was like, don't talk about math. Um but you yeah, know, I've never I like really been sing into about it. it. I know you're like, like oh, I love Excel math. document. <laughs> we harmonized a little bit. But, we did. Um, but yeah, anyway, so I basically realized that a the climate crisis is so incredibly urgent, and 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 really the the most life threatening thing happening to all of us in our lifetime at this yeah. moment that it doesn't really matter how well equipped or how like educated I am if I can get a few people to vote differently if I can get a few people to purchase differently if I get a few people to maybe participate in things differently Mm -hmm. then that is worthwhile enough for me so I kind of got out of my own way a little bit and just um started having these conversations with people and then I realized that a lot of my friends were giving me really kind feedback about how I was dealing with these conversations because I wasn't being super in your face I wasn't being all or nothing I was having these like like, really pushy and Right, which like, has been like – Yeah, in your face, exactly. And I actually – even when we first became friends, one of the things I always say to you, I was like, you always hear these like stereotypes of like if they're a vegan, they'll tell – you'll know. Like if someone's yeah. a vegan, like you'll know within the first two seconds of meeting them. Totally. And when I met you the first time, I don't think I even knew. It was until the next day when we were going for breakfast – Oh, yeah, and, you and asked, I was like, oh, I can't eat that or something. You were like, yeah, can I eat something here? And I was like, oh, are you vegetarian? And you were like, no, I'm vegan. And I was like, we've spent a whole night and morning together and, like, you haven't said you're <laughs> vegan. I love this girl. <laughs> Wait, it's not her entire personality? Yeah. What the hell? I'm an enigma, guys. I'm the one vegan that is, I mean, I do talk about it a lot. But you do, but- I'm kind of getting off of that horse a little bit. Um, but, yeah, my, that's kind of been my whole brand, I guess, mm-hmm. has been – trying to make it like trying to make all of my conversations welcoming enough so everyone feels like they can ask whatever question they want dumb or not and feel like they actually have a role to play in the climate crisis because I really don't think um we can move forward unless all of us realize that like we're integral to to like living living differently and calling out our politicians and and climate policy and all that kind of stuff so and I think it's also interesting that we like joked earlier saying like you wanted to be like a singing veterinarian and we were like girl find your niche but like I really do think that you did find your niche I did find my niche and I still rollerblade honestly (laughs) (laughs) I just need to find my cat she's the rollerblading vegan yeah and I'm just like singing from the rooftops about how we need to reconnect with nature (laughs) yeah and you're you're killing it now I mean, I like to think so. I, I, I call myself a sustainability consultant. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun when it's still kind of a burgeoning industry because you can kind of call yourself whatever you want. I do think yeah. that I am. and I am qualified to call myself that. Um, and now I'm trying to kind of break into large scale events and like music festivals because I nice. feel like that's going to be an industry that's really going to benefit from large scale thorough sustainability consulting mm-hmm. because it's such a wasteful industry. And I really I, I care about music. I think it's a really important thing and I don't think it should be 
I, I don't think people should compromise on stuff like that. If yep. like I, I don't I don't think events need to be shitty to be sustainable. Like I think yep. it can be something that actually benefits our lives in general. And I think we have such a negative stigma around like, oh, well, that means that I have to use those shitty paper straws. I'm like, no, why don't we just actually have everyone bring their own cups or we have like a cup, you know what I mean? Like there's yeah. just different ways of doing things that are outside the box a little bit more that if we think a little bit more critically, I think we can, I don't know, we can just do things better. Totally. I totally agree with that. So I was going to say like, how did you get there? Or like, but what would you, I guess, say for people who are just trying to figure out their like career path, their what mm-hmm. they're supposed to do. I I love that I I love that question because I, I actually I had a call with somebody. So you know how I used to run international trips, right? Mm-hmm. Like I used to do them in Central and South America. And one of the girls that I ran on that trip, she was like 15, 16 at the time. And now I guess maybe she might have been a little older. Maybe she was 17, but she's 22 now. Oh my god! And she's the same age I was when I was running the trips, which is Aww, yeah. Cool. So I guess 15. How nuts is that? That is insane. But that was so long ago. I can't believe it. But anyway, pretty incredible. We had a call yesterday. And she was asking me the exact same question. She was like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how to get there. And I literally said, don't let fear disguised as practicality hold <sighs> you back. Oh, my God. It's literally my favorite quote. quote. It's, it's so Jim Carrey. Because that guy is just on a different level. He really is. But it's literally like so many people live their lives in fear disguised as practicality. And I remember I read that quote for the first time and I literally sat back. I had one of those like, oof moments where I was like, holy shit, that's literally everyone and also me. I love and that so damn isn't much. Isn't it so good? Write it down, everyone. Don't let fear disguise as practicality hold you back. Because oh, yeah. I think that's the biggest wow. thing. And it happens a lot when people give you advice. They're like, oh, well, how are you going to go to Europe all summer? How are you going to do an internship that's unpaid? How are you going to do this? It's like, hey, that's your fear talking, not mine. Mm-hmm. I, If I want to make it work, I'll make it work. Yeah. I have no qualms about putting in extra hours, doing any, any of these yeah. other things, working a little bit more of a non-traditional job. I've worked bartending on and off for years now yeah. to help me fund experiences. I've never said no to a fun experience in my life. Obviously, mm-hmm. I'm incredibly privileged to be able to do that. But like, I really think a lot of it is a mindset of, okay, am I being practical or am I scared of failing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think when people ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? It really only elicits a singular response. And that has always really bothered me because I don't think career paths need to be singular. Yeah, I don't think I you agree. have to just do one thing. And I think you and I are both examples of that. You, especially yeah. with, with changing your career path, especially with COVID, you don't have to be or do one thing to be yeah. successful. Yeah. I, I think if anything, do lots of things, try, yes. fail. Like, um, but I would say, and maybe this is just me in, in all my my climate anxiety, but I do think that now especially, we have integral roles to play in like how our future pans out. And I think contributing positively to the world right now is an incredibly valuable resource. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I think if you're just trying to become a real estate magnate just to make a bunch of money and roll mm-hmm. around in it, that's not my that's not my vibe right now. Like I, I really think that the age of becoming like a fat cat billionaire is over. I think we should be instead putting emphasis on making the world a better place. Even yeah. if it's four or five people, one person, I don't mm-hmm. care. But putting our idea of success outside of ourselves. Yeah. Only. You know what I mean? Yeah. Obviously take care of yourself. Like do whatever you want. I want to be on a boat in Dubai in a thong. Like on a have yacht. that trip on a yacht um yeah do it but I think 
also making sure that like what you're putting out isn't only just for you. Yeah. I think we're done with that. I think so too. Yeah, it's definitely that time you know has what I come mean? and like gone things, for sure. It's it's come and gone. Like the the boomer generation of like individual wealth is just yeah. it, it it can no longer sustain. We cannot continue on this path yeah. anymore. And I think if anything, we need to be sharing our resources, whether that be education resources, whether that be like our time, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Like we need to become very generous with how we are with other community members so yeah. that we can all make it you know yeah I totally agree with you I could not agree with you more and I think that's why we connect because it's like we our our paths yeah they're I say they're not the same because like we're in two totally different industries totally different but the way of getting there is was very very much trial and error Mm -hmm. and (laughs) very much trial and error and for sure and I always I always feel a little bit I think I've I felt a little insecure when I've talked about like my career and I feel like I've even talked to you about this because I was like I I I used to hate saying when people would ask me like what do I do I used to hate saying I'm an actor because I was like well I'm Mm -hmm. not acting right now I don't have a job right now but it was like and you had some people push back a little bit and I have gotten so much pushback in my life what have I seen you in oh really (laughs) with people judging me for what I do Mm -hmm thinking that I'm less than because I'm an artist. Honestly, like it's people, I feel like people, when I have said this to people, they're like, no way. So, and I'm like, no, like there's people no. that people I know really do be having that, that audacity. have made comments to me about like being an artist or like maybe getting a real job or like maybe it's time to find your career. And you're like, I just want to lose it. But, but slowly them, as I've gotten older, I've started to realize exactly that that it's their fear projected onto me because they know that they couldn't do it yeah and so a hundred percent it's not it like the career path i've chosen is not an easy as easy as like you graduate school you get into a whatever and then you walk your steps up the ladder totally that's just not something that has ever worked for me and i don't think it will ever work for me and so even when I was going through my career reflection in the big career reflection of 2017, mm-hmm. what I did a lot was even, and I'll talk about um, what I'm doing right now, but even what I did then was I looked at what do I do and what do I like to do? What am right. I good at? What don't yeah. I like to do? And what am I not good at? And how do I find a job or a career that relates to that? In and my my brain was very much on like okay I maybe I maybe this like artist life isn't for me and so like I need to go into something a little bit more sustainable and a little bit more long term and mm-hmm. so I was trying to find like how do I be creative in that like little bubble um, and I don't even know if I'm there yet but I do feel like I'm getting really really close right and I That's find amazing I find it's kind of hard because like we're told so young to just like pick a lane and stick to it. And I know a ton of people who have done exactly that. And right now I would honestly say they're just like light years ahead of where I am in terms of money and maybe sure. success, but success, I guess is a little bit subjective, so but I'm also so happy with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting too talking to people who I thought had like such a strong career hold. I was like, oh, this this girl is like in it. And I've had mm-hmm. very good conversations with um, these people being like, I don't know what I'm doing. I just kind of fell into this career and I've just worked my way up the ladder, but I've never stopped to take a second to say, is this what I want? 
Yeah. You know, whereas I think me totally. And you, well, I mean, some people even yeah, yeah. I think we're constantly asking ourselves. We're constantly that asking ourselves, and so and like I mean, look at us. We're 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 still doing fine. We're but okay, there's guys. like constant. <laughs> we've constantly questioned it along the way of being like, is this what I want to be doing? Is this making a difference? Is this helping? Blah blah blah. Totally. And so I've even had a conversation with someone who was doing one job and then they, you know, studied for something else and they were doing something else and their fear was, oh my gosh, people are going to look at me and be like, what is she doing? Like, what is she even doing? Like, is she this? Is she that? Or is she this? And the first thing I said to her is like, who gives a shit? If people are paying yeah. that close attention to you and what you're doing and putting that much emphasis on like, what's her job exactly? That's their problem. Who cares? Yeah, and and I'm not and that sounds room. so easy coming out of my mouth, but like I feel like I've just had like seven to eight years of people just absolutely and navigating those razzing on me. Yeah. Totally. For being an artist. From like close totally. family members to like close friends to like partners of friends. Like I've just gotten sure. it from like every single angle. So like this is I, I'm talking very confidently now, but this is like eight years of people throwing shit my way of being like, you're an artist, you're this and that. And me like how do taking you how do you pay my, the bills? It's like none of your taking my business. fucking bug swatter and being like, get out, get out. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, and like having to having to um what's the word I'm looking for? Like protect myself or convince yeah. them of like my worth every step along the way. And I'm like, screw that. Uh-uh. Like totally. So if my Especially once you realize that it's all just a ref like those interactions are just a reflection of yes. them. You're kind of like, huh, this is, I honestly like engage with it now with like curiosity. I'm like, I wonder why Yes, you are so bothered by this. <laughs> is it because perhaps you do not feel super confident in what you are doing? Yes. Are you <laughs> us- <laughs> unhappy with your life? Are you unhappy? Can I just um, go off quick about yeah. hustle culture and then we can make this like a quickie little episode? Yeah. Okay. I don't even know what to- I'm going to go off about, but when you were talking about how like, people obviously feel threatened or like people have a different idea of like success and how it's all relative. I feel like now things, the tides are changing a little bit, but I feel like it's still become like a little bit of a thing to have this hustle and grind mentality and like show off as a personality trait, how hard you work all the time as though like that means that you have more value. And I just want to say from the bottom of my literal ass, it is not a personality trait to be busy all the time. And it's not a personality trait to be productive all the time. Mm -hmm. Productivity is all relative you as a person inherently have value. You don't need to prove it to somebody when they ask you what you did today. If you did nothing, say you did nothing. It doesn't matter or lie. I don't care. But I think one thing I've always been very insecure about that I have recently now come to terms with is this idea that when people ask you, oh, what did you accomplish today or what did you do today, especially when you work in more of a non-traditional field, they're trying to gauge because they can't understand yeah. what you would do to occupy your time for an entire day if they because they work nine to five and they're yes. on calls and they're doing all these things. And again, that is not your issue. I actually like, look at them and I'm like, what do you do all day? Yeah. Like, like what, what do you do? do, you I, have all, no, do I have no day. idea. Yeah. And it's and for me, I think it's become more rare to feel comfortable sitting in with yourself in silence. Mm-hmm. And I think people now use their busyness to avoid sitting with mm-hmm. themselves and avoid being with their own minds. Mm-hmm. And I think it's something that's so important. And I think it's something that should be prioritized far more than it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when yeah. people are like, oh, I haven't even had a second to myself. I'm like, take that second to yourself. Like you, yeah. you, need, the, you need that second yes. to yourself. And – I just, I guess I, I feel like our 
my self-worth has been so often tied to my productivity that yeah. when people call like my parents or something, I feel like I have to give them a laundry list of everything yes. that I've accomplished for the day in order to prove that I've been doing something in order for them to not think that I'm lazy. And I'm like, I at this point, I know I'm not lazy. I know that I don't need to be working 80-hour weeks, even even yeah. less, 40-hour weeks in order to be a productive and valuable member of yes. my family, of my friends' lives, of, of society, I guess, yeah. if you want to even put it out that way. And yeah. I just feel like if I had learned that earlier, I would have been far kinder to myself mm -hmm. on those days where my mental health was failing, on those days where I wasn't feeling very well, mm -hmm. on those days where I wasn't finding jobs. You know what I mean? Yep. And I felt like my productivity was so tied to my worth and to my value. And if I just sat back and was like, it's going to come, I, it's okay if I didn't do anything today. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? Like that's literally a lie that's being told to us in order yeah. to make money and put it back in the economy. It yeah. has nothing to do with our inherent values. Normally, and I say normally as in like before, like in a, in a pre-capitalist kind of society, we would be working in our jobs or our roles in our families and our communities was towards the greater good of the family and the community. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like I, I would be growing vegetables, growing herbs, drying them, prepping food, doing yeah. all that kind of stuff for the greater good of the people in my area. But now those things that are fulfilling are now our part-time passion projects yeah. that align us to our greater selves. And then our jobs are like completely dissected from that. You know what I mean? Yes. But I also do want to say, I used to have this like really, I guess, like twisted idea that I was like, my job has to be exactly what I'm passionate about. And I don't mm. think that's necessarily true anymore either because I do think sometimes I, I've, I've met a lot of people that are like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. So I'm like, that's cool that's too. True. So obviously you like go have a job that like you make money on. My right. thing always comes from is that like you're spending 40 hours of your week doing this job. Don't be unhappy. Like you can be totally. medium happiness, like content. You don't have to yeah. be elated every time you it's go It's true. Into Everybody's work. different with that. I Everybody's think so different. You we, and I probably would have a harder time yeah. working every single day at a job that we, right. we didn't like or we would need to be passionate about it. But I think yeah. it's true. A lot of people don't need but that. It's and true. I think that's like, also important. You can important. do a job and like just be happy to like do your job, come home. And that's totally fine too. Totally. I think where no, not my, everyone has to have like their yeah. dream, whatever. And so where my, like where I'm coming from is like just take a second just to be like, am I content doing this? Because then you're going to look back 40, 50 years from now, and you've been working in the same rat race and like you wasted all that time being unhappy if you are mm -hmm. unhappy in your job. I agree. So that's kind of where I'm that. coming from. And also, I just remembered one little story while you were talking. Okay. So years ago, before I had like just booked the, the musical that I did in Toronto before the pandemic, and I was talking to somebody and this is where my insecurity comes out. Okay. They were like, oh, so you're going to be in like a big musical. And I said, yeah. And they were like, not as excited as like my friends were there and they were like, yeah, like she's going to be in this big musical. And I was like, yeah. And it's like probably going to Broadway. So like, I mean, whatever, like we don't know that yet. So like, I may not even be here next year. <laughs> no, you didn't. I swear to you. And then literally. Oh, you tried to flex so hard. I tried to flex so hard. And like we got canceled. Like, yeah, early. whatever. I'm like, so yeah, going to Europe. It's like not even a big deal. I'm like I'm probably going to be on Broadway by next year at this time. And as like at the end of the evening, I like turned to one of my friends and I was like, I don't know why I said that. I don't know why those words came out of my mouth. I'm like, like almost upset that they came out yeah. of my mouth to like prove something to somebody that like that I don't, don't care, care to prove anything no. to. 
Oh, so cringe. That's where the growth needs to go, I guess. That's where you need to yeah, keep working. Yeah, and now I'm like, you know Fuck, what? Fuck, that's funny. Fuck that. <laughs> You're like, I sing in my shower. Okay, get at me. Yeah, I am an artist still yeah, through and you through. You are. You're oh, a work man. of art. I am mm-hmm. a work of art. I'm an, we are all works of art in progress. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Snaps for I think we should just end it there. <laughs> yeah, honestly. I need like a coffee or something. I feel like after this whole oh, I need to go journal all yeah. my feelings about not having a career. Talk to me about it. Oh my God. Yeah. Stop. Seriously though. Um, but I love you. Love you. This was great. Thanks for the chat. <laughs> As always. Okay. <laughs> this has been Accidental Friend with Aline and Kristen. This podcast was created by us and produced by Chloe Jackson. Thank you so much for listening. You can check us out on our Instagram at Accidental Friends Podcast and our website, accidentalfriendspodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and leave a review. We love you. See you on Thursday. <laughs>